Busy day in Victoria. We're going to find out why that is. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun joins us. Good morning, Vaughn. Yeah, good morning, Simi. The day starts at 9 o'clock with a tech briefing, goes through the morning with a press conference with the Premier, legislation introduced in the House at 10, and again when it sits in the afternoon. And I think somewhere in there, Simi, the uh, party leaders are also going to be making statements on what happened in the Middle East. So we've got a busy day ahead of us. All right, well, let's start with the crackdown on short-term vacation rentals. Yes. So the Democrats have been talking about this for a while. They're very concerned that the free and easy market for short-term vacation rentals, Airbnb and that sort of thing, is cutting seriously into the availability of longer-term rental housing. And they've also, Simi, been hearing complaints from cities that are trying to crack down on it and, and tighten regulation of Airbnb, that they lack the power, they lack the data, they can't impose fines large enough to stop the practice. So all of that is going to be addressed. Uh, We're getting a technical briefing. That usually means a fairly long piece of legislation. And then the Premier himself uh, telling us what it all means. The bill will be tabled in the House at 10 a.m. The Premier is going to be telling us what it all means at 10.30. Okay, so this has been something that the, a lot of municipalities have been, been crying for for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, it is. And the tension here is that the free and easy um, availability, uh, being able to get your hands on a condominium or a basement suite or whatever and uh, make it available on Airbnb uh, is great. It creates a revenue stream, no doubt for the owner. And, and some owners, Simi, that are struggling to pay their mortgages are going, yeah, well, you know, the province has capped rent at 3.2%, which doesn't begin to cover the cost of inflation. So I'm going Airbnb because you can make more money that way. So that's what's going on. Uh, investors are also snapping up properties and turning them straight overnight into Airbnb. And the municipalities, you're right, Simi, say, well, <laughs> A lot of this isn't what was originally intended. You know, we could fine people for not getting licenses to do this, but the fines are so small that the operators just treat that as part of the cost of doing business. There is also talk of saying, look, the idea of, you know, making ends meet by renting out your basement suite is one thing. I mean, making it available on Airbnb, but... You know, we could make it a rule, and they tried to do this, that you have to be living elsewhere in the building. So you can't, like, buy a condo on the other side of town and make it Airbnb. So that's the area we're in. We don't know how much detail there's going to be today, but we have been told it's going to make the fines and the data collection and the regulation easier, and that province believes should make a difference. Right, because I'm assuming a lot of this they're going to want to kick to the municipal level, right? Because as you point out, many people, that's how they got their mortgage. They're counting on the revenue from a short-term vacation rental to make that mortgage payment. No, I mean, that's true. The NDP uh, is more than a little two-faced on the issue of wanting rental. They want more rental. They want more rental built, but they've also capped rents at a level that many developers and landlords say doesn't allow them, especially if you're building something new, doesn't allow them to recover costs. So uh, they're putting the squeeze on landlords that way. Uh, This will put further squeeze on people who, as you say, Simi, 
uh, were able to make their mortgage payments with higher interest rates because they had the superior cash flow coming from Airbnb. So this could have an unintended effect on the NDP's desire to get a lot more rental housing in the market. Yeah, I could see. And homeowners might not be happy about that, though, to think that they're going to be punished for this when this is the only way they're making ends meet. Yeah, but when you talk to New Democrats on this, they talk about landlords and they mean giant corporations and investors. They don't mean ordinary people with one house with a basement suite in it who are trying to make the mortgage payments with both of them working. They're not that's not what they're talking about. The NDP is targeting, you know, as they always do, big corporations and nasty landlords and all that. And those are out there, but so are the people who are going to be victimized by the unintended consequences of this, same as people were victimized by the NDP's cap on rental increases. And, you know, that's what's driving the story you did last week on what happens when two people have taken the place together and one of them moves out. Well, the landlord tries to put the rental property back on the market at a higher rent because he or she is trying to make more money off their rental, maybe to make a profit, maybe just so they can meet their mortgage payment. Okay, so is it possible then what the government's going to do here is here, here we're, we're allowing you to do this. And now if you want to do X, Y, Z, we're going to leave it to the municipality to do that. Yeah, yeah we'll see. If it's, if it's fair, if it's not too interventionist, it'll deal with the problem that the municipalities have flagged, which is too many people taking advantage of Airbnb and breaking the rules, either not having a license or turning a blind eye to the fact that uh, they're not disclosing what's going on, or just turning uh, buying up property for Airbnb into a business, into an investment business. All of that is out there. We'll see if they can manage a surgical strike on the abuses without uh, creating a whole lot of collateral damage for people that are into vacation rentals because they have to be to service their mortgage. All right, we're talking with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun this morning. It's going to be a busy day in Victoria. We've heard that there is legislation coming to deal with short-term vacation rentals. But yes, there's also legislation coming to do with policing, Vaughn. Yeah, so the province promised a full-blown review of the Police Act, and the legislature committee did that, made a whole bunch of recommendations. And the government originally said, well, you know, these are there's an awful lot of stuff here to digest and we're going to take our time doing this, but we're now getting some amendments to the Police Act today. And the context, Simi, is provided by this fascinating, never-ending standoff between the province and Surrey over whether or not Surrey goes ahead with a new standalone police force or whether council gets what it wants to do and go back to The RCMP, as you know, Simi, uh, I was among the many who thought they'd settled this. New Democrats certainly thought they'd settled this in July, back on the 17th, three months ago. Turns out, uh, no, they didn't. The battle continues. And what we're getting today, we're told, Simi, is never again legislation. Legislation that will make sure this sort of thing doesn't happen again We'll also see whether they've figured out some way to reverse what's happened in Surrey. Okay, and we got a response from Surrey, too. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And Friday afternoon, classic, right, comes the bombshell. So we had this 
leaked letter from the provincial director of policing services to Surrey's mayor, Brenda Locke, accusing her and her council of foot dragging on the provincial government order back in July. The province said, no, you can't go back to the RCMP. Your plan doesn't work. You have to stick with the Surrey Policing Services, so let's get on with it. So the provincial director of policing services writes a letter which by some mysterious process, gets leaked to the news media. <laughs> right. Far be it for me to speculate on who might have been in the interest of doing that. But anyway, the letter said, look, you're dragging your feet. Get on with it. And the letter gave the mayor of Surrey a deadline. Surrey Council was given until Friday the 13th, October, to respond and get on with it. Well, there was a response on Friday, Simi, but it wasn't exactly the response the province was looking for. Surrey went to court and is basically saying the province doesn't have the power to force this issue and that Surrey, the duly elected council of the city of Surrey, uh, has the power and the ability and the impetus to go ahead with its plan to go back to the RCMP Uh, Surrey is asking BC Supreme Court to order a judicial review of the provincial government's decision. So it's all up in the air again. It's so interesting that they put Peter German forward to be kind of the (laughs) face of this, isn't it? Because we've been waiting to hear from Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke, but they're just putting Peter German out there now. Yeah, so... So Locke's response to the letter from the director of policing services was, why are you writing me? That's a rude letter. You should talk to staff. But her reply comes through Peter German. And here's why that's Surrey kind of sticking it to the provincial government. Peter German, former deputy director of the RCMP, and uh, he has a degree in criminology. He was... David Eby's go-to guy when David Eby, as a cabinet minister, was trying to make the case that the B.C. liberals had completely neglected the problem of money laundering. Uh, German was the guy he cited all the time. And I, I, I was remembering, I can hear Eby's voice at press conference after press conference referring to Dr. German. It was always Dr. German. He had a PhD, and that just added authority to David Eby's case. He, and and so here we are. The doctor is in. <laughs> He's not working the for doctors. Surrey Council. We wouldn't know German what Peter German. We, right? we wouldn't know who Peter German even was. That name would not be familiar to us yeah. if not for the NDP government. So the guy doing the talking for Surrey on Friday afternoon, he was, he was on NW and elsewhere, is Doctor Peter German. Uh, and what he says is that the province doesn't have the authority, but he also he also didn't just cite the legislation. He's a lawyer. Lawyers have opinions about what legislation say. But the other thing he made it clear was he said, and this is what the issue is. This is what the fight is really about. He says the provincial government has offered Surrey $150 million over five years to cover the cost of continuing the transition to Surrey Policing Services. And Dr. German says that isn't nearly enough. The analysis by Surrey City Council staff at Surrey is that doesn't begin to cover the cost. And 
you, you, you take that and you go, well, is it surprising Surrey Council believes its own staff on this issue? The reason Surrey is fighting this thing is because they do believe that it's going to cost a lot more than $150 million. They believe that will force Surrey Council to raise taxes and wear the cost. And by fighting it in court, they're trying to plant the idea in the minds of some Surrey ratepayers, even if they don't win the case, and they may not, that if Surrey ratepayers have to pay more than expected for the cost of setting up the new policing service, it's Victoria's fault. This is not something that Surrey Council wanted to do. Right. But don't you think, Vaughn, there was an opportunity here for Surrey Council to say it's going to cost more, you need to pay for it, and the province might have done that. You know, that may, you know, that's an interesting idea, Simi, that this may just be bargaining. I mean, some municipalities were astonished when the New Democrats announced last July that they want Surrey to continue the course on the new policing services. And by the way, we're going to give you 150 million bucks to pay for it, right? And a lot of municipalities went, oh, wait a minute, why should, why should every other municipality in BC have to cover the cost of a decision that was made in Surrey? So the New Democrats put $150 million on the table. They've already indicated a willingness to essentially bribe Surrey to stay the course because politically, there's an election next year, and there are an awful lot of seats in Surrey represented by New Democrats. So, and people are saying Brenda Locke and the council are thinking about the next election. It's not the next civic election they're thinking yeah. about. That's what three years away. They're, you're right, Simi. Maybe they're just bargaining with the province to put more money on the table. Who knows? Uh, to top up the $150 million with more money. And that's what it'll take to settle this thing. I don't know. I don't know either. Who does at this point? Vaughn, thank you. Bye bye, Simi.